Thanks for tuning in to today's Horsewoman podcast. Our show explores women in the horse industry as they share their dreams, challenges, successes. What drives these women? Well, let's find out. Hi, this is Rose Cushing, host of today's Horsewoman. Our guest today is Abby Hale, and Abby is an amazing up-and-coming trainer from Scotland Neck, North Carolina. Abby, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today. We're excited to talk to you. I believe when I first met you, you were doing a Mustang makeover. Yes, ma'am. Back in 2019, I did the Kentucky Mustang makeover. Right. So tell the audience a little bit about you. Well, I grew up in Seagrove, North Carolina, which is in Southern Randolph County. And uh, I was a horse at a young age. It was kind of like my, I got it from my mom and my granddad, I do believe. But they did start me on riding lessons when I was seven years old. I started at Chisholm Stables doing academy on American Southwest. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> yes, and so that was a great start on saddle seat. It really helped me a lot, gave me a lot of balance and all that, and so I, it really prepared me for my next adventure, which was an Arabian. Um, when I was nine years old, I had a man that was a, a local friend who had a horse farm with Tennessee Walker horses, and he had a old Arabian out in the pasture, and he said, if you can catch that horse, he's yours. I took on the challenge, but evidently his name was Trigger. He was not easy to catch. I think it took me about a week. And he was a sleeve and gray in his 30s, um, but he still had plenty of energy and days left in him. And I think that the guy knew that. He just needed somebody paying attention to him. So I kind of lived out Trigger's last days with him, and uh, he taught me a lot. You know, as soon as I put my foot in the skirt, he was going to hand gallop. Yeah. Uh, and when he started to slow down, um, I was surrounded at that time by Tennessee walking horses, and I was, they do a lot of colt starting in that barn, and so I kind of um, learned a lot helping them start colts and ended up getting several Tennessee walking horses over the years. My mom and grandfather also kind of got into the walking horses, and I did um, versatility, which is kind of like, all around with the walking horse. So I did barrels and poles and jumping, kind of obstacles, pretty much anything I could get them to do, just like any other horse. And um, I did really well with that. And um, from there, uh, I really dove into natural horsemanship, and there was kind of a, a need for that in the Tennessee walking horse industry. You know, people didn't know a whole lot about it. And um, so I was able to really start helping Others, you know, problem solve their horses and give them tools that natural horsemanship provided to to help make their horses better trail partners and stuff like that. And um, anyways, and then around I think around 2017, 18, I really wanted to start challenging myself, so I really got into the liberty and trick training, and that's kind of what led me to do the Mustang makeover in 2019. And from there, I've just worked with all sorts of different breeds, and most recently I've done a lot with the Gypsy Banner, and I continue to, to love the Mustang, and, so that's kind of my, my horse journey in a nutshell. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good journey. 
it's not, it, it's really evolved over the years, and um, I never stopped learning. Though you know, I've just continued, um, continued to learn, and I think that keeps keeps it exciting. I think so too. Now, how did you wind up in the Mustang makeover? How did that go? So when I was studying the Liberty and Trick training, I studied a lot of um, material from Mary Miller Jordan, um, Madison Sanders, um, who's known as Mustang Maddie, and Sam um, James, and pretty much everybody that kind of sparked my interest had done the Mustang makeover or was doing Mustang makeovers. And it, it just kind of seemed like something that would really challenge my horsemanship and teach me a lot of things, which it taught me more than I ever imagined. <laughs> and um, so I really wanted to, to just challenge myself with that. And, and um, so I was able to fortunately do it right before the COVID and all that hit in 2019. And um, I still have my, my mayor that I had trained for that competition. I ended up keeping her. And continue to um, work with her when I can, and, and she's been just awesome. They're, they're a wonderful, wonderful breed. They really are, and I love the um, Mustang community, too, because they're so open, and they're so willing to help you and, and teach you and inspire you. That is so true. Uh, when I first... Um, Joins the you know join the competition. They have a Facebook group for those that were in the competition. Everybody was just like an open book, encouraging, uh, willing to give advice and pointers, or just be a shoulder to cry on because it can be an emotional journey. And um, I still um, am in touch with a lot of the people that I met through that uh, doing the Mustang makeover. So yes, I agree with that. So, are you working with Gypsy Vanners now? Is that what you were saying? Well, I've, I kind of, I've branched out a little bit, and I was really heavy in the Gypsy Vanners for the past year or two, and that just, I kind of happened upon that. I had um, a horse come to me for training that was a Gypsy Vanner, and he was more of a cult start and problem-solving type horse that was sent to me. And his owners, as I had him in training, they ended up getting a few more gypsies that uh, I trained a little bit, and I started going to shows with them. And then um, I had another one sent to me for training who was a two-year-old filly, and she was kind of a blank slate, um, you know, needed starting under saddle and all that. And I had the opportunity to do the gypsy show circuit with her, and um, I still actually have her here in training. So that's been something that's been um, kind of my main focus for the past few years. Um, but going into 2023, um, I think with that same Gypsy, I'm going to kind of branch out and instead of doing as many breed shows, I'm looking into doing um, some dressage tests with her and taking her to some of the Liberty competitions that I do. Um, so I still um, have lots of different breeds here in training. I have uh, walking horses because those are kind of um, my core. And uh, so I, I seem to always have one or two of those in training. Um, and then I take rescue horses. And um, really I have a variety, but the Gypsy Vanners are certainly a, a staple of my program right now. 
Well, that's really cool. You know, it's good that you stay very diverse with different breeds also because I think that really helps you grow as a horsewoman. There are so many different things that are peculiar to each breed, even though they're all similar. Yes, um, that is so true. And, I mean, since I've, really since I've done the Mustang makeovers, when I really started to get in different breeds, and I've had, you know, Appaloosas, Morgans, Appendix, Quarter Horses, all sorts of rescues, you know, grades, and it seems that they all are a little bit different and able to teach me something new. Um, and I, I don't really, I don't really have a favorite breed, <laughs> but I think that's, you know, when it circles back around to why I do like the Mustang so much because they're such a, a melting pot of horses. <laughs> I agree with you 100% with that. You know, they're, they're so interesting and, the first makeover that I covered as a filmmaker, they were doing seven-year-old mares. And I thought, man, that's going to be tough. But it wasn't. They're so smart that when the, the trainers would work with them and they'd teach them something one time, they had it. I mean, you know, they were really easy. They weren't rebellious. They weren't tough. They weren't set in their ways. They're very smart and willing. Absolutely. I'm they, always... they do, and they're, I think they're just open to... So a relationship in general, you know, they, they're, they're drawn, they've got that strong heart instinct, and so they're drawn to, you know, the training techniques that, you know, a variety, a variety of training techniques, um, but they just, um, they like to figure out the puzzles and, and develop that relationship. I agree 100%. I'm always amazed, too, at their versatility. I'm, you know, I, I have a friend, Marcia Sapp, who has her Mustang at, at pre-St. George level in dressage, and Mr. Popper competed in, in Devon in the hunter-jumper world, you know, and I've seen them do raining. I mean, they're just amazing, versatile horses. They are. That is so, absolutely. Um, and I, I, another thing about them, too, you know, since I'm really into the liberty training and stuff, I mean, they really take to that just because they're, they're such a clean slate. And, you know, when, when you talk about liberty training, you always focus on training with that intention or what some call the whisper. You know, you're trying to get a horse to respond to your, your slightest cue. And I tell you, with those Mustangs, they already are used to being in the wild and, you know, having to pay attention to the slightest things that might be a potential threat or communicating with the, the rest of the herd. So they really take to the liberty training very nicely because of that. I, I agree 100%. The subtle cues they pick up on very fast. Now, what led you to fall in love with Liberty? Because it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> well, I think just when you've been around horses as long as I have and, and kind of dabbled in different things, you, you see the Liberty and think, wow, you know, that would be a fun challenge and a way to test my horsemanship and also enhance the way that I communicate with horses. And Plus, it was just mainly curiosity. I was so curious, like, how, how do we get the horses to do that? And so um, when I did begin to study different liberty trainers and start to apply some of the techniques I was learning, I just really fell in love with the, the relationship that it created and just the way it made me feel. Um, and so I actually, um, a friend of mine, I don't know if you know Ashley Boswell, she's from Creedmoor, North Carolina, 
um, in Mary Miller, Jordan, we have started the East Coast Liberty Club um, that we just are beginning to launch here at the end of the year. We're looking into 2023. We're hoping to... Uh, provide an opportunity for people to do um, International Liberty Horse Association classes. So um, that's the, a club that was founded by Dan James in Kentucky, and he's kind of uh, created a, a standard, really, for the sport of liberty so that just like any other discipline, you can compete and have um, kind of like a, a set of guidelines and patterns to go by and things like that. It's really, really cool. So I'm excited about that, looking into the next year for sure. That is exciting. Now, how? tell me a little bit more about that. How can people become part of that? And do you have all those details worked out? Or Yeah, we do, um, thankfully, because it, it took us some time to get it all sorted out. But we finally do have it figured out. <laughs> and it is it's really open to any, any level, um, whether you've done liberty with your horse or know nothing about it. So um, the International Liberty Horse Association part, you know, has the opportunity for you to join that first, and that gives you uh, membership to their nationwide program. Um, and through that, you can join our club, and our club is the East Coast Liberty Club, and we offer, um, we're going to be offering clinics, and also we'll be doing shows through the ILHA, but our shows will be sponsored by them, and the classes are really cool because at the lower level, they start out with with your horse. Some of the classes even allow you to still have the the rope on your horse, so you're communicating with them through the rope as well, because that's where it all begins, and it's almost like it's a stepping, you know, a stepping stone for you to get up to the higher level liberty. It, there's not necessarily any training courses offered by the ILHA, but if you just follow um, the patterns that are given for the classes, it kind of gives you a framework to, to work out to train your own horse. Um, and then with our club, we're hoping to kind of fill in the blanks and help people come to learn, and we're going to invite clinicians in. We hope to have uh, America Cruz come up from Alabama, and um, we're looking into getting Luke Gingrich from Ohio come. Um, just anybody that can, can help us learn and grow and, and get more people involved, the better. Because it really is, I feel like it's kind of like, you know, everybody says if you learn a little bit of your size, you know, it's going to help your overall um, ability to ride. And I kind of feel like with liberty, if you learn a little bit of liberty, it's going to help your overall ability to communicate with horses. It's just, um, it's, it's a great way to deepen your understanding of, of how they think and respond, and I just, I just think it's great. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. You know, when horses, most horses, and, and I, I've raised a lot of stallions because I prefer them, and when you ask them to do something and they just do it, you don't need all the stuff on them. You know, you need to have that communication bond, and once they understand what you want, they will. They'll just do it. That's right. So, you know, the Liberty is such a good confidence builder for you as a trainer and for your horse and for you to bond and, you know, go to an obstacle and and he does it because you ask him to and he trusts you. Exactly, yes. And that's exactly how I feel. And 
speaking of obstacles, they even have um, an obstacle uh, competition at the Liberty shows. So, um, and you can start out with it with on, again on the lead rope, doing it with your horse. You can do it um, at Liberty, and then they even offer a bridal list for those shows. That's awesome. It's real cool. <laughs> That's really awesome. Hey y'all, this is Lonnie from Mule City Specialty Feeds located in Benson, North Carolina. It's almost springtime. Is your horse blooming? Does your horse have a shiny coat and healthy hooves? How much extra time and money are you spending mixing supplements in the feed room when you could be enjoying your horse in the arena or out on the trail? Then look no further. Mule City Specialty Feeds has a line of equine feeds that delivers maximum nutrition from your performance horse to your weekend trail horse. Our line of Maximum Nutrition Equine Feeds offers five different complete balanced formulas that will take you out of the feed room and into the saddle. In addition to equine feeds, we also offer complete feeds for your barnyard pets and livestock. For more details, visit our website at mulecity.com, follow us on Facebook, or give us a call at 1-800-587-9229. And don't forget, Mule City delivers! So, you've accomplished a lot in your young career. What's left on your bucket list? <laughs> well, I, I definitely want to do another Mustang makeover. Uh, I, you know, maybe 2023 will be the right time. I think I've got until January 15th to make my final decision because there is a Mustang makeover that's going on um, in June in Middle Tennessee. I think it's in Franklin, Tennessee, or maybe it's Franklin, I can't yeah, remember Franklin. the exact name of the town, but, um, and if I can't make it this year in one of those, I, I'll certainly see that in the future, um, and I'm also interested in the um, Retired Racehorse Project and the Appalachian Trainer Face-Off, because those are kind of, you know, allow you the opportunity to work with a different type of horse, and I feel like I would definitely grow from doing those. Um, those are things absolutely on my bucket list. And um, But, you know, I think first and foremost, here at my farm, I've been also, along with training horses, my mom and I give ride lessons to dislocal uh -huh. uh, children. And the more I do that, you know, sometimes I'm just as proud of the accomplishments that I achieve through them. And the horses I get in training, you know, just seeing other people um, develop a better horse sense or a better partnership with their horse. I mean, that that's something that I want to continue to do um, is to spread spread what I'm passionate with with others. Well, I think that's really awesome because you know, at the end of the day, what better gift can you give a kid than teaching them how to ride a horse? I mean, oh, I agree completely. You know, when when you see that look on their face and and them accomplishing their dreams and their goals, and you know that you made that possible, that's that's a pretty amazing feeling. It is. It's so rewarding. I'm so proud of you, Abby. You've grown so much since we first met. Oh, thank you. Now, one last question for oh. young women coming into our industry: How would you advise them? To, to be successful and leave a mark on the industry because it's a tough industry to make a living in. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that one thing that we've already kind of talked about but that I want to reiterate is just continue to learn. 
um, as much as you can about different disciplines, <coughs> something really interests you. Um, do as much as you can to educate yourself, because um, you know that that never stops. And um, another important thing too, um, besides being a lifelong learner, is uh, you know don't don't really compare yourself to others, because that can be hard, especially with the social media that we have today. Um, and what I try to do with that is I try to look at others and use them as a way to inspire me. Um, because it's so easy to look and be like, you know, oh, that's not that nice indoor arena. I, you know, I don't have that, so there's no way I'm going to try to sit with them. Um, but really, instead, I'll look at that as I can't wait till one day I can build an indoor arena from the success that I'm going to have and, you know, just use that as, as something to inspire me. And so, um, yeah, those are some really good lessons that I've learned along the way. Very, very good advice. So if any of our listeners live near you or want to meet with you to have you train a horse or give some lessons, how can they reach you? Well, I am on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Abigail Hill Horses. I also have a website, and it's abigailhillhorses.com. And so um, I'm definitely out there, and I love to um, get horses and training for problem solving or just do tune-ups and really anything because every time I get a, a new horse in, I learn something new myself. And um, like I said, my mom um, does also help with the lesson program here, so we, we absolutely encourage if anybody's close by to come see us. I agree. And you live in Scotland Neck, North Carolina, so that's kind of in the upper eastern North Carolina, northeastern North Carolina section of North Carolina. Certainly yes, worth the we trip. are about 20 minutes off 95. Yeah, very very good. You know, I, I, folks, I've seen Abby work, and if you're in that area and you're looking for some help, she's your go-to girl, trust me. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show today. I appreciate all your advice. And uh, everybody out there, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you for having me, Rose. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Our souls wander in similar places. Even though we may not know each other, we touch the same wind, we walk under the same sky, and our hearts wander in the same dreams. We are one, women just like you and me. Thank you for listening.